This is Clinton, and you're listening to a Thai football podcast. Welcome aboard episode number 11 of a Thai football podcast with me, Dale Farrington and me, Rob Bernard. Welcome along, everyone. Great to have you all back. What an eventful few days, Rob. Yeah, it's never dull in Thailand, Dale. We thought without the top flight, there'd be not much to report this week, but how wrong could we be? Never presume. You were at the match on Saturday. I was, yeah. I went down to Samut Prakan. I was originally meant to be at Rayong against Nakonsi, where I'd have probably witnessed a relatively dull one each. But uh, things contrived against me, so plan B was to head to Bankley. Every cloud, as they say. You got a bit of a scoop, didn't you? Oh, not half. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll go straight in. We'll cut it into two. So we'll listen to the first half, and then we'll have a, a little chat about that, and then we'll crack on with the second bit. So here you go. This is the first part of Rob's report. Samut Prakan City against Chiang Mai United. Rob's Roving Report. Good evening, Dale, from Deepest Darkest Bang Plea. And tonight uh, I'm reporting on the second division clash between Samut Prakan City and Chiang Mai United. Samut Prakan coming into the game. They won their opening game, as we know, uh, in controversial fashion, off the pitch anyway, down at Pattaya. And they went down 1-0 to top of the table Chiang Mai in the home game before losing 3-0 last week at Nakonsi. Chiang Mai United, on the other hand, they had a reasonable start. I saw them on the opening night. They looked big and strong when they won 3-1 at Customs. Chiang Mai followed that up with a 1-0 home defeat against Ayutthaya with about 600 fans rattling around the huge stadium up in uh, in the northern capital uh, before they drew one each with uh, Sapambri on the road last week. So, let's see what happens tonight. Anyone who grew up watching football in the UK 40, 50 years ago, they would like coming here. The web of narrow streets and lanes all back down on this big housing development towards the stadium. With the main stand arching over the pavement, it's got a real true feel of how football used to be before the advent of the soulless modern balls outside towns and cities. It's a reason I never tire of coming here. It feels like you're seeing real Bangkok, uh, with all the shops and houses around, and then the football stadium just over the road. For those of you interested in coming to a game here, by car, it's not too bad. You come straight down the Chombri Bangna main road, and then do a right by Bangna 2 Hospital. Or if you're coming by public transport, the 133 bus is excellent. It comes all the way from Ekamai. Or if you want to catch the yellow line, you can do that uh, down uh, Sunnigin Road. Get out at uh, Suan Luang uh, Pram Gao Station by Seacon Square. Get on the 133 there. 25 bar air-conditioned bus and they've redirected the route. It drops you right outside the main stand. 
I know you'll be glad to hear, Dale, that the football shop's still here. We're selling all the boots and shirts over the road from the stadium. Also, very good to see them selling the full range of uh, Samut Prakan City gear, supporting the local club. Right, so we're outside the ground, about half an hour to kick off. I've been joined by Samut Prakan City fan Phil Williams. Evening, Phil. Hiya, Rob. Are you uh, well? Yeah, great stuff. Everything all right? Yeah, fine, thanks. Yep, nice evening. Ryan's kept off. The first impression I've got tonight is that it's a club with a bit of vibe back, a bit of buzz. Definitely. I was just saying to my wife how much the ground has improved, the appearance of the ground inside. It's, it's nowhere near as tatty as it used to be, and that's down to the owner. He's done a good job. All we need now is to improve the running track. At least you've got these temporary stands behind the goals. A lot of other clubs do well to take heed of that. Yep. The stadium's looking good. Don't complain. No, that's good. Um, Non-bonus, the young black photographer. Well, I've just seen him, and he's running. He's walking around with his camera in his hand, so maybe he's been reinstated or something. That's fantastic <laughs> news because we had a few messages on Twitter. Or maybe he's just working and not getting paid. That's if he was getting paid in the past. But I don't really know the full situation. But I know his dad was upset. He, he kind of lost his job here, but he looks to have got it back again. <laughs> Oh, that's good news for everyone. I was talking to a Scandinavian big guy, on the way. he said uh, he asked me for my prediction. I, I went for a diplomatic one each, and he looked at me as always crazy. What do you think tonight? I'm, I'm quite confident. I'm going to go for 2 1. Summer Prakan, and my wife says 1 0. So, so we're both going for a win. Oh, that'd be nice for you. You deserve it after your journey last week. <laughs> Cheers, Phil. So we're getting ready for the arrival of the teams here at Summit Prakan City. As Phil said, the stadium has received a facelift, new seats over on the far side, all the new roofing at this side, no more holes. And out come the teams. The trio up front uh, for, for Chiang Mai are going to be a handful, I feel. As I say, there were a handful uh, at customs. Let's wait and see. estimate probably 30, 40, 50 fans come from Chiang Mai, a long long journey, the home fans in good voice, do encourage people to get out and watch the T2 and T3 teams while the uh, top division's out of action for a few weeks. Two minutes to half time. 
So the score at the break here at uh, Summit Brookham Stadium is 2-0 to the home side. And I have to say at the back, Neto, Tirapon and Supapon doing a fine job. Plenty of play in Chiang Mai, but not doing a lot with it. Uh, they took off their centre-back, Ronapi, who committed a shocking challenge. Really was late horrible and he was losing his rag manager quite rightly withdrew him but yeah just a word about if you fancy coming to a game here it's 100 baht to get in down the side in the popular zone and behind the goal beers are 80 baht there's food available it's a lovely atmosphere i have to say the locals here are so warm and friendly it's not a sort of dissimilar area to uh Klong toy in some ways Big housing development behind the ground, lots of little markets, there's lots to do if you get here early. It's a fascinating part of the world, I thoroughly recommend it. You may have heard with my interview with Phil before the game, I mentioned something about uh, the temporary seating behind the goals. Well, Summit Pecan's got a track round the pitch. Now fortunately down the sides, the, the stands are straight, so you're not that far from the pitch. But to get around the uh, distance on the curves when you have a running track from the goal, they've, they've put two semi sort of permanent, temporary, whatever you want to call them, open stands behind each goal, square behind it. So you're right on top of the goal, a few yards from the net to the fence. And it's an idea, I don't know why other clubs don't try. They've still got room for the track to be in use for recreational runners during the week. Just needs a little bit of ingenuity and it makes it into a proper football stadium. So I've moved up behind the uh, north goal for the second half. Well, that all sounds very positive, Rob. Yeah, yeah, they were full value for the league and a good vibe about the place. You know, it's good to see people happy. And it, it sounds like, I mean, something that we've talked about before, the location of the ground is is very good, isn't it? I, I do like going there as well for that reason. So 70s or 80s back in England, you know, Kenilworth Road's not a bad comparison, all them little streets around it. Was it Marco on Twitter who made this point about grounds that actually back onto main roads? It's very rare, isn't it, in this part of the world? It is. There's generally a big courtyard. Suppose the main stand at Port down that side road, but it's not really where everyone ventures before the game. That's it. So it's it's quite unusual in that respect. And I, I think you said in the report there's there's a good vibe about the place. Phil was very positive about the, the improvements to the stadium. Yeah, really good, Dale. Really good. You've got to give the owner credit, haven't you? Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Shall we um shall we listen to what happened during the second half? Yeah, it sounds interesting, doesn't it? It certainly does. Right, so this is the second half. Rob's moved, he's now behind the goal, and he's going to watch the event of the second half of Samutpakan City against Chiang Mai United unfold. Making 3 0, three minutes after the break, Dale. Supperwick, lovely ball played through to him. One on one against the keeper, Pirates. Keeper pulled off a good one handed save, but he must have been as sick as a pirate. His defence, like the Red Sea party. Still 2 0, City. Well, Dale, I did say that they had that chance to make it 3 0. In the 53rd minute, it's 2 1. Bit of pinball around the area and on the line. The referee uh, signalled to the centre spot. Chiang Mai United are back in it. Dale, we're in the 
63rd minute, 3-1. I was just about to send a report and say that Chiang Mai looks for all money as though they were going to get back into this game. But it's 3-1, it's a majestic lob. The Chiang Mai players are going burlesque with the linesman. No good, he's given the goal. There's no VR in there, T2. Get on with the game. <laughs> Just hang on a minute, Dale. The referee and official over on that far side are chatting away. They're trying to decide what's going on. Is there VAR? I honestly don't know. Why is it taking this long? It's beyond belief. Chang Mai players are like they're on a sponsored monathon. They're going back for another chat. I've been to shorter coffee mornings, Dale. And he's disallowed the goal. He's wiped it out. I don't believe it. Now you can imagine what's going on now. The Summit Prakan players, quite rightly, are going spare. Well, I've seen it all. I'll come right back if he changes his mind again. Dale, I don't know if my eyes are deceiving me, but the Summit Prakan players are walking off. I've never seen anything like it in my life. The officials have been rounded up by security and it looks as though the Summit Prakam players have walked off. Well, I honestly don't know what's going to happen. I'm trying to make head and a tail of it, Dale. I've, I've been watching football for 50 years and I have never seen anything like this in my life. Well, the conflab's still going on, Dale, and it is shameful. And one thing I will say, whatever the outcome, Everybody on that pitch, the officials off the side of it and the officials on it need to explain themselves because this is shameful for Thai football. Everything positive about tonight so far and now this, I don't know what to say. I am absolutely devastated as a football fan. My feelings at the moment, I will not be surprised if the game's abandoned. Whoever orchestrated that on the summit for a camp bench should be ashamed of themselves. As should the Chiang Mai players who harangued the officials in the first place. Nobody's going to get any credit out of this in my book. Anyway, we're back underway, Dale. Goodness knows how long we wasted there. I hope my battery on my phone lasts out for the reports and I hope I can get my last bus home to my brain. Well, you couldn't write it, Dale, tonight. We're officially in the last minute of normal time. Chiang Mai have had a goal ruled out from a corner. Header went in. Referee adjudged that somebody pushed. Didn't imagine what happened next. Not good. Not good at all. 2-1 Summit for a cap. I apologise for my lack of professionalism, Dale. I can't recall seeing the uh, board go up for the amount of added minutes. They probably haven't got one long enough. It's been crazy. It's been crazy. We are in stoppage time. There's a board hanging around somewhere, so with 10 on, that'll probably be about right. It's got really tetchy, as you can imagine. Very hard, very hard to concentrate on it. Spoilt it because it was a tremendous occasion and great game until that incident. Stoppage time, still a horse 2 1 up. Well, Dale, it's ended 2 1, Summit for Kansas City. The home fans are jubilant. Oh, there's a horrible taste in my mouth and it isn't just the Chang. The way they game managed the last uh, half hour was a disgrace to football. The ball rolling over than a toddler's group. Shocking. 
Chiang Mai don't deserve a lot of credit either, they got involved. Sir, for all the good the new owner's doing here at Summit for Cancer, and there is an awful lot of good things doing. He really does need to clamp down on his coaching staff and the way they conduct themselves, because they were a disgrace to football tonight. A great shame because the first hour was fantastic entertainment, great atmosphere. It might be me who's getting old and cranky, I don't know, but I can't be doing with that last half hour. But thankfully incidents like this are rare, but they do seem to follow certain clubs around. 2-1 Summer Precan full-time, Dell. Outside the stadium, Dale, things slowly calming down, I think. If there aren't repercussions from this, I'll be astonished and very disappointed. You can't be letting teams harangue referees. If they made a mistake, they made a mistake. That's football. Hey, we've all been there. You just cannot... Oh, I, I don't know where to start. Anyway, it's such a shame, as I say, because it's a great place to come and watch football. It really is, and there's potential galore here. If they get the locals involved, they've got great chance of building the crowds. I don't know, maybe controversy such as this will do it. But, I don't know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I recommend a visit down here. But certainly come with your mind up. You never know, though. It might be the end of the coach after tonight, because... If I was an owner, I wouldn't be tolerating it. But, as I said last week at Monton, over the fans' band, easier said than done and I don't have to solve it. Anyway, back to the studio, Dale, we'll discuss it in a bit. Well, there you go. What, what can you say about that, Rob? In fact, I'm sure you've got plenty to say about that. Yeah, I mean, where to start, really, unravelling it? First of all, I do hope there are sanctions, but... I don't think there will be, for one reason. I've thought about it long and hard, and I, I put my thoughts on Twitter and I got some feedback. The only thing I can presume is that the officials are used to doing T1 games and drop down for the weekend. They're used to having VAR. The players quite rightly, well, not quite rightly went spare because you can't be doing it, but it was offside. Let's be fair, it was offside, the goal. They went to the linesman. Now, the... The thing that I think has gone on is somebody's got in their ear and said, look, you've made a real cock up here, guys. And they were chatting. Honestly, Dale, it must have been four or five minutes over there. And the place kept coming and going. You can imagine how it was. And I think somebody was probably reviewing it. I think you said it on Twitter, bootleg VAR. You know, it's the only, th it's the only thing. What else could they have talked about? Which bars to go to? What's the best bus route home? I don't know. That's very likely, isn't it, that they were watching a rerun, even, even though they weren't supposed to be using VAR, which, again, opens up another whole new can of worms, doesn't it? It does. The the, the actions of the Summit Prakan coach and assistants are not on. Not on at all, taking the players off. Can't be having it. Your your reaction was quite interesting because I'm I'm assuming that was the first time you, you've seen anything like that. The first walk. walk yeah, my entire scene. life. Yeah. My entire life, Dale. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, I, I'm going to shatter some of your illusions now, Rob, because that did used to be quite common in Thai football. We used to see it pretty much every week, I would say, and that's that's not an exaggeration. 
All I can say is if I'd have been there at this time, you'd have been finding a course to do it because I'd have lost interest in the game. They did obviously clamp down on it. and I, But I think at one point it was permitted for teams to walk off. I think they put a time limit on it so that after 15 minutes, the game had to restart or it would be abandoned. Now, whether that was just a cooling off period or whether it was a, a compromise, I'm, I'm not sure. But it, it didn't seem to last very long. And shortly after that, the whole thing died out. And now they are very rare. It's it's unusual that you see them. So it, it is something we've seen quite often. But as you say, it's, it's not good, is it? It doesn't reflect well on, on the game as a whole. No, I mean, here's my idea for a cooling off period. The team walks off the forfeit or just give everybody a yellow card and the guys who instigate it on the touchline reds. It certainly needs something. But like, like you say, I, I, I mean, I've not heard anything if, if there are going to be repercussions. I, I would be very surprised if there are. I agree with you on that. But it's such a shame because up, up until that point, it was all very positive. Yeah, it was good. It was a it was a good game. I, t- I tell you what, it knocked the steam out of Chiang Mai United because they were the better side at that point. Maybe it's the, the dark arts then. Maybe it was all all part of the master plan. I don't think they're that smart, mate. They just lost the plot. Anyway, we'll we'll leave it there and just hope that it doesn't happen again. It's happening all too often to Sam at Prakandorfdale. That's three times now in four weeks some incident around them. Yeah, they, they do seem to attract trouble, don't they? I, I can only speak from experience in, as an administrator on league committees or running cricket events, you start getting the same name week after week that takes up 80% of your meeting, you lose your rag eventually. We'll leave it there and let's see if there's anything further to report in the next couple of weeks. Let's just hope they start behaving themselves. Yeah. Right. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we had James Baxter on the podcast. Very good interview with James. James is very knowledgeable, knows a lot about Thai football, has got some very strong opinions. And he's been charting the attendance figures for this season. So I got him on the show. Uh, we had a quick chat about attendances and how things are looking in terms of crowds and what he would do to encourage more people to come to games. So this is me and James talking about Thai League attendances. Thai Football Podcast. Interview. Right. Welcome back, James. It's good to have you on again. Thanks for having me again. How have you been? It's quite cold in Australia at the moment, so missing the Thai weather, but hopefully it'll be a bit warmer soon. I can actually see you on this chat. You're wearing a, a ski hat and you're indoors as well, so it is obviously very cold. Yeah, it's about minus one, minus two most nights at the moment. Not too pleasurable. I don't blame you then in that case. Anyway, you've come on this week to talk about attendances. You've been monitoring them this season and comparing them with previous shares and the overall trend appears to be that they're up obviously we had that that downfall with the whole covid pandemic and no fans being allowed and then last season it wasn't quite as good as maybe we'd hoped but to be expected but now it's back what do you think the reason for that is i actually think that part of it might have been due to the the off season where it was is there going to be a tv deal is there not going to be a tv deal how am i going to watch it and it might have actually forced fans to go well i'm actually going to have to go and watch the games then and i don't think that's the sole reason but i think it, it's definitely part of the reason i don't know of any other club but you see port they've got under 15s can attend for free now so that's always going to help attendances too that's a really good initiative i am surprised that more clubs don't do things like that it's actually funny because this week in australia it was announced that the western Sydney Wanderers are going to be doing the exact same thing. Under 15s playing grassroots football in Western Sydney can attend A-League games for free. Well, let's let's hope it catches on. 
because I'm all for that. Any, anything that attracts younger people into ground has got to be a good thing. Yeah, and, and the, the beauty of it is is that like there's going to be some real young kids that want to watch it. And of course, their parents are going to have to come. So clubs are still getting maybe one, maybe two paying customers as well as giving free tickets out to these kids. And really, they're the, they're the future of the sport in terms of fan base and participation so if you can get them hooked as early as possible it's the best outcome and it, it's obviously had a, a, a positive effect on on crowds at port as well it's it's always tricky because we don't know exactly how big the stadium capacity is and on top of that because they're not paying customers they're probably not included in the attendance totals but that game at home that we had the ground looked packed but there were some empty seats but it it was few and far between when, when i was growing up in england you'd go to a game on the Saturday and you, you'd kind of estimate the crowd. I mean, I'm, I'm talking lower league and you'd estimate the crowd and you'd say, oh, there must be about seven, 8,000 here. And then you'd look in the paper the next day and the, the official attendance was something like three and a half thousand. But in Thailand, the opposite always seemed to be true. You go to a ground and you think, oh, it's only about 1,500 here. And then you'd see the official attendance and it was about 5,000 and you just think, that's not right. But what Port seems to have done is they've gone back to that old English way. The ground looks full and they seem to be yep. under reporting the the attendance figures and then we had that that other instance recently where on the thai league site uh, attendance for buriram was reported but then a picture from in their game said an entirely different attendance and i think it had four thousand extra people there so i think i think we have to meet in the middle maybe and say oh maybe it was in between so so given given the figures you've been working off which teams do you think have, have seen the biggest increase in attendances Terror's actually gone up substantially they're up 150% so far this season just based off their opening couple games and I think their first game they, they they broke their recent record for four or five years but I think that also was partly to do with Bangkok Glass taking a lot of fans so the clubs that do have a strong away following they are going to kind of skew the figures a little bit like when you look at a stock standard attendance for say Bangkok United against a Sukhothai or a Utaitani and then you look at their figure for them against Buri Ram or Mung Tong like their figures are double sometimes triple their usual gates so it's not ba- more Bangkok United fans showing up it's typically the away team bringing fans I think it's good when fans travel in numbers as well that's that's something that yeah. often gets overlooked well it's it's always strange when you see some Thai clubs and there's more away fans than home fans it basically null and voids the home advantage but I think whoever whoever comes into the stadium it's got to be a good thing whether they're home fans or away fans the the ticket sales aren't what keeps the club going like a, a lot of the clubs they they probably spend more on a match day than they make back on ticket sales but in terms of the league product the more people getting into the stadiums and the better the atmospheres and the better it looks the more sponsors will want to get involved with the league broadcasters will see the true value in the league because hey the, the grounds are full the atmosphere is vibrant this is pumping so that's that's when the money comes in whereas we're, we've kind of been operating backwards in, in years gone by in my opinion that's all part of it, isn't it the atmosphere in the ground plays a huge part and um, so what what do you think 
the clubs can do to sustain this? Because obviously we, we're very early on in the season. We're in, what, three, four games played. Do you think it's just that, you know, there's been a gap, the season break, and then all of a sudden people want to see football again? Or do you think, I mean, the, the league's quite open as well, isn't it? I mean, everybody was predicting Bury Ram United to run away with it, which they still might do. But, you know, a couple of teams have, have put in some good early performances that perhaps hint that that's not going to be the case. Do you think that'll help in, in terms of attendances as well? There's the old saying, absence makes the heart grow fond and we've come from a from the off season and the football so far has been quite good like there's not really been many games where you just think oh they're going to show up and get battered it's a good good match most of the time and the, the games are tight the games are more accessible as well online like you've got clubs using youtube and things like that so even if you can't get to the ground there's also a viable alternative so we're kind of seeing strength in in both those numbers in terms of the online viewership and the in match attendances. So for for me, for them to sustain it, you want to see less less instances of time wasting, as much attacking football as possible, and that's what will keep fans coming back is an enjoyable match day experience. Yeah, that and a competitive league as well, which I think we, I think we've got this year. I I don't know why I've, I've said before on on these podcasts that. I'm feeling probably more optimistic at the start of this season for Thai football as a whole than I have done for a long time. There just seems to be something a little bit different, whether it's all the stuff that's been going on behind the scenes, whether it's just because I'm I'm probably paying more attention <laughs> now I'm involved in this podcast, I don't know. But I, I just I just feel a lot more optimistic. And the, these early signs are good, aren't they, I think? Yeah, I think so too. Like It's been a nice start to the season where like I've been pleasantly surprised by how it's actually played out because you couldn't help from the off-season come into the season thinking, oh, what's actually going to happen? And so for what we've seen so far, it's been been pretty good. Bearing that in mind, I'm now going to throw the spanner in the works, which is the international break. The Thai calendar, the league season, is blighted with these breaks that do seem to be, get longer and longer each, each year. Now we've got one at the moment. I'm talking about top flight again here. Do you think that's going to have an adverse effect on the crowds? Do you think the fact that there's no top flight football for a couple of weeks is going to put people off or do you think it won't make any difference? It's a tricky one because... If the Thai national team does well, you might see more fans want to actually attend games. But if the games don't go as well, which I don't, I think Thailand should win their games personally. They're playing Mickey Mouse teams. Like they're not playing top tier teams. So if Thailand can perform well and play a good brand of football, which they do under Mano, then you, you're going to probably see more people wanting to get into the grounds. But what you've, you'd hope is the T1 fans that can't get to the international games, it'd be good to see them getting down to their nearest T2 team or T3 team to to get a game in still and that'll have an effect on the lower leagues and hopefully get them kicking on as well. That, that'd be nice to see. I mean it, it is difficult though isn't it in football because things are so partisan that you know even popping along to watch another club can sometimes be conceived as as being disloyal. I don't think it's as tribal in, in Thailand as it is elsewhere but yeah it, it, it's a it's a tricky one. You've, you've got to want to go and do it rather than oh I've got no football on I'll just sit at home you've you've got to want to get out and for, for me it's always more fun when I was living in Thailand if I couldn't get to a port game I'd find the nearest game I could go and watch that that's how you get your knowledge up as well let's hope that does happen so just to close any final thoughts on on attendances maybe how clubs can attract more people or what you expect to happen for the rest of the season 
I think clubs are doing a reasonable job at the moment. Like I'm, I'm usually quite critical of the efforts that are made for for the league in terms of how they try and attract people, but they're doing what they need to be doing at the moment. But there are clubs, certainly in T1, that could be doing a better job for themselves, and that's the likes of Changra United, who like they've got a beautiful stadium, but their crowds are the lowest in the league at the moment. I watched their game a couple of weeks ago, and it was it was just like I wouldn't pay to go and watch watch that every week. And it's like how how do you convince people to turn up to your ground if you're just playing? I, I get you play the way. That you need to play to try and win, but at the same time, you've you've still got to have have a style that people want to watch. And it, it's all well and good when you're winning, but when you're not winning, no one's going to want to show up. That'll push on to the likes of Mungtong soon, and that's just a sense of they're not doing too well at the moment. But they've also got eight games away coming up. So if those games don't go well and they can't pull themselves together, they're in a lot of trouble. And in the second leg, those eight games in a row at home will be fantastic for them. But if they've put too much to catch up then it's going to be hard for them to get the fans back it's not an ideal situation is it it, it was interesting after the the Mung Tong game the other night the crowd was given us just over 5,000 and the reaction to that some people were saying oh that's a really good crowd for a Monday night we're really pleased with it and others were saying oh what a disappointing crowd it should be twice that size you know you, you're always going to get that the, um, the thing that annoyed me with that game being played on a Monday night is I get it if you're allowing away fans but it's a derby game. So if there's going to be away fans, sure, have it on Monday night because it'll be easier to keep it under control and there'll be less people turning up to the game out of control than they would on a Saturday night or a Friday night. But the thing that I noticed was when they panned to the cameras probably five minutes from full time, that stadium was nearly empty. Like they they were going through the crowds and the stands had already emptied. So I think if they don't get themselves together soon, and you know, they might, they might not, but if they don't get themselves together soon, soon they're not only going to be where they are on the table but they're going to have a lot of angry fans and that's already been shown by their fans writing a letter to the board saying the squad's not good enough now that's that's something we're going to have to uh, keep an eye on over the next few weeks the league's not all doom and gloom and it was very easy to get in that mindset from the way that we were leading into the season. But I see no reason not to be positive. And even in T2, there's no reason not to be positive about how things are going there at the moment. So the best thing that fans can do is try and support their nearest club as much as possible. And that's a great place to end it. I endorse that. Thanks very much, James. Really enjoyed that chat again. See you soon. There you go. All very positive and upbeat. It's looking good, isn't it, in terms of crowd numbers very much so. Um, I have to say, I, I agree. It's nice to see teams, clubs rather incentives to try and attract fans. One or two might try a little bit more, but it's down to resources. One of those things, isn't it? It's very easy for us to comment. We don't know what funds they have for it, but I would certainly build it that way with the infrastructure-wise, yeah. I did mention to James during the course of the interview, these breaks that, I mean, we're currently on a break now, aren't we? for the, the King's Cup, these breaks. Do, do you think that crowds will drop after this break or do you think they'll improve? I, I I agree with what he said in the course of the interview, that if Thailand win it, which they're fully expected to do, I think that will help boost league crowds. Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, I think I think basically the reason the gates are up is down to one thing. We've had COVID for two years now. I can't emphasise it enough. People had no money. They had more important things to worry about than Thai football. Very good point. I think it, it is very positive. The signs are encouraging. It'll be interesting to see what happens when we have the longer breaks later in the season, whether that'll have an effect. But let, let's, let's just hope people 
people keep coming. And again, the league does seem to be a bit more competitive. You know, a few few teams have come out of the blocks, one or two unexpected ones. I know you're, you're keeping a close eye on police terror. For the sake of the game as a whole, I mean, there's no anti-Bury Ram United bias on this show, I can assure you. But it'd be great if they didn't run away with it. You know, a couple of defeats early on, keep things interesting and crowds will, will continue to grow. That's that's the hope, isn't it, anyway? It is. The only one worry, average-wise, is if Bury Ram don't do well, how flaky is their support? We'll see, won't we, if, if that does drop off. It's very possible. Hi, my name is Fran and I'm listening to a Thai football podcast. A couple of weeks ago, we had Matt Riley on the show and Matt's book is due out very shortly, two weeks, I think. And Rob's going to be reviewing Matt's book next week. It's getting a lot of positive reviews on social media and I think we're all looking forward to it, aren't we? Oh, very much so. Right. When you're not reviewing books, you're out watching football. And here's another very short report of you at a game on Sunday. The events of Saturday didn't put you off, thankfully. So do you want to just introduce this one, Rob? Yeah, just a a local league cup tie. Uh, Last weekend saw plenty of T3 sides involved. I went to the game between AUU into Bangkok and Tombury United at the Cavernous 72 Years Stadium in Mimbrae. And here's your report. Hello, Dale. Yeah, an extra game today here in the Revo League Cup. Which has ended EUU into Bangkok 2, Tombury United 5. The visitors went ahead through Kitty Pong with a free header at uh, four minutes. Otis missed a sitter to equalise. It was one each on 36 minutes. Header off the line was smashed in by the number three. Six minutes before the break, a defender for AUU, Suradetta, Fal Ramiro Lizarso, who scored from the spot. Stoppage time, Kitty Pong made it 3 1. They didn't learn the lesson, another free header. After the interval, AUU had a shot cut back off the bar as they pressured. For it was 4 1 when Bright Friday, the big Nigerian, cut inside to score the hook. AUU kept fighting, a five fingertip save from Petcharoon in the goal for uh, Tom Bree, but the big Nigerian made it 5 1 with uh, 15 minutes of normal time remaining. Good player is Friday, it's stoppage time. AUU uh, got one back with a number 20, cut inside with a fine curling shot into the top corner. Familiar stadium to many of you, the 72 anniversary stadium here in Minbury. It's far too big. A crowd of around 80 got the 50 bars worth on this beautiful hot day. Pitch very good, but probably a, a pointer to the season. You're likely to struggle in the Bangkok zone in T3. Tombry could go well. Final score here in Minbury. AUU into Bangkok 2, Tombry United 5. So that's Rob, accompanied by the two former drummers of Adam and the Ants, I think. <laughs> what what were they drumming about? The match had long since finished. So, you know, the players come across later. and I, w- I was being a professional. I waited for full time to compile my report and they were at it. I have to say, they were really nice, the Tombury fans. An Argentinian cheering his countryman on offered me free beer out of the SG. A guy actually, when I was walking to the ground, gave me a lift. That's Those are the nice things about Thai football that I love. Don't ever have me on against the crowd competition, by the way. The gate was 151, not 80. You were halfway there, right? as, as we discovered on the attendance, round up with James they are sometimes a bit of yes there are discrepancies I would say aren't there sometimes yes do you want to say anything about the King's Cup yeah I'll be watching it yeah I'm 
travelling up to Seasica as this show goes out. So I'll be watching it on the telly up there in the countryside, cheering the boys on. Let's hope for a good win. Wouldn't it good to see the mass crowds at 5.30am in the morning in Chiang Mai? Oh, the queue for tickets. Yeah, that was tickets. amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, that's that's got to be positive. It's just a shame there's two teams and nobody banging their heads together up there. They could be a potential powerhouse, you know, Chiang Mai. They could be, but do you think the fans of the clubs want that? I don't know. I'm beyond guessing. I've seen it far too often in non-league clubs in England. It's beyond my comprehension. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Just going back to the reports, uh, they are now on our Facebook page. It's a good way for you to catch up with extra information we don't cover on the show. Yep, absolutely. And I'll put the link in the notes as well, and we'll tweet that out so that people can find our new Facebook page. Rob gets to a lot of games that he doesn't cover on here, and as he said, the report's on there with with photographs and opinions as well. So it is it is worth visiting if you want more as a su- supplement to this podcast. Anyway, enjoy whatever football you're going to be watching this weekend, and have a safe trip up to see Saket. Yeah, thanks very much. And uh, have a great week, everybody. Try and get out and watch your local stuff. Please do. And on that note, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>